Welcome to episode nine of the Ultra Ordinary Running Podcast. We are ordinary runners embarking on a journey to our first 100-mile ultra marathon together at Havelina 100 in October. I'm Christina and always joined by the lovely Angela and Melissa. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello, Christina. So um, today we have a special guest joining us. Um, of course, you know, all of our guests are special, but of course we've only had one other one, but they're all special. Uh, we have L.A.-based musician and ultra runner Jim Doyle, who I must say has quite an impressive number of races he's completed. Um, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, three marathons, seven 50Ks, three 50-milers, a 100K, and your first 100-mile race at Havelina last October. That's right. Right. It all seems right. I mean, some of the numbers may be off, but I I lost count on some of the like the marathons. <laughs> it might be thirty nine. I, I don't know. I I often want to go and count the medals hanging on this hook, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it seems pretty daunting at this point. <laughs> Do you hang them all up? Do you hang up all those medals? Yeah, I have a, a, a like a like a coat hook that's got four hooks on them where they're all hanging. Oh, oh, that's a that's good a idea. Yeah. Mine so are I just co- yeah, mine are in the I sock co- drawer. <laughs> I come home, I hang them up, and then I never look at them again. <laughs> like I, it's and, and there's no rhyme or reason to them. There's just a bunch of medals. But 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 you don't you don't like wear them on stage at your next performance or no, anything. No, I don't like no. no. no? Well, well. However, though, you do have a couple of buckles. Now, what do you do with those? Sure. Uh, one I wear, and the other one is on uh, my mantle currently. Okay. Okay, so you have Which it. one do you wear? The 100-miler. Nice. Mm. Nice. Good. Well, well, you'll also um, – Jim Doyle is also uh, returning this year again to Havelina for the 100-miler again, correct? That's right. That's right. Okay. I'm, I'm signed up for it, and I plan to go to the starting line for sure. Excellent, excellent. And your hundred K was also at Havelina. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you're you're very familiar with this race, and it is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show. Um, Thank and you. and we are very excited, and and I know that you're very busy, so we do appreciate you taking the time out to you know be part of this podcast. So- well, thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to be on it. Well, thank you. So, so Doyle, just a just a quick background. Um, he and I met several years ago through our running club, um, the LA Leggers, Yay Leggers, and so um, we've run together through you know different pace groups a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's how we started. Is that is that how you started? I mean, let's just kind of get through the beginning of of how you became a runner. Um, I became a runner with actually absolutely no thought whatsoever on being a runner now i have no athletic background i didn't play sports in high school i didn't play sports in college um and uh i had come home from being out or something and and um the girl who i was dating at the time said i'm gonna run the marathon do you have any interest in training with me they're doing a two mile run next week and so I put my cigarette out and I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll go because I, I was um, – now I've lost 
upwards around 80 pounds running. Wow. wow. So, uh, um, at that point, now I didn't lose it. I'll tell the story as we go along, but I was heavier. I, um, I wasn't taking care of myself and I, I'd always had a yearn to take care of myself. So when an opportunity like this came up, I figured why not try it and see what happens. And, uh, that's how I wound up in the leggers because she was doing, doing the training program through the leggers and with absolutely no thought of running on, I guess that might've been a Friday night to running on Saturday was essentially how it happened. Now she only ran the one marathon and I've just stayed with it. Now that was in 2002. Um, and, uh, ran my first LA in 2003, somewhere around, took me about seven hours to do it. Um, so that, that's how that happened. And, and then there were, then I, tr- I attempted to do a marathon the following year, couldn't stick with the program, gained all the weight back. And then I tried it again and ran one, I think in 2004, in 2005, didn't do it. And then I had some, some failed attempts and, and some attempts. I liked running and I liked the marathon. I liked the endurance. I was never fast, but I liked endurance. I liked um, getting through a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked the idea of that. I liked the idea of, of digging deep, you know, I, I suppose. So it, it, So I never really lost. That's how it started. That's the answer to your question. That's how it started. So when you did this two-mile run, um, were you still smoking at this time? Or what was the the transformation of becoming, you know, getting on the healthier track? Well, um, yeah, I was still smoking. And, um, you know, uh, so yeah, the, the the first two mile run, my leg cramped. It was it was a terrible run. I was running with a fourteen minute mile pace group at that time. Um, it was just tough. I mean, that first year was just really tough because I didn't know really. Um, well, I'll just I'll just be frank with you. I I'm uh, I'm in, I'm uh, a recovering drug and alcoholic. All right. And I used and I've been in recovery now for many, 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 many years. But back in those days, I wanted running to cure me. I wanted exercise to cure me. So I was going at it with an attitude of if I could conquer this, then I could conquer this. Right. So and that's kind of what I was doing. And then the the, the weight thing and all that stuff. So. um, That was how I got like how I got into it never could really stick because my lifestyle was so crazy from being a touring musician and all all kinds of different things. Um, The training would never stick. So it'd be one year on one year off one year on one year off. And I knew I was hooked because every time I saw the front page of the, the LA times the day after the marathon, it would kill me inside that I wasn't a part of it again, <laughs> you know, and um, and the leggers were always there. And it's always been so, so reasonably priced mm-hmm. that I was always able to join and never fe- like and, and if I fe- 
didn't complete it, it wasn't like a complete sort of embarrassment to go back or there wasn't that much of an ego mm -hmm. thing to go back. So um, I uh, went into recovery around, uh, t well, actually in 2007. So when I came out of that, I was able to um, focus on the sport just for the sport's sake and not put these like sort of heavy things on them. And, and I found a real beauty in the community. And that once, once I was able to approach it with a clear head, it just loaded for me. Like I, that's when commitment started because I was able to actually keep my word to myself then. And then it became an extension of me, an extension, you know, like an extension of uh, sort of this new path, this new life. And it, and it, it, well, it goes hand in hand with, uh, uh, with that sort of the forward motion. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. So how old were you, Doyle, when you started? <laughs> if, just, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you? Oh, and, and you said 2002 you started running. So how old were you when you went on that first two-mile run? Uh, 32. I call it adult onset athletics. Yeah, I have. No, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't. And you know, I, I think it's to my benefit too because I had no lingering injuries from high school and college sports. Yeah, so I absolutely. was able to go. And, and, and I think now where I get so lucky is as far as injuries go, is because I didn't have that nagging knee problem that when my body was still developing, that I was pushing so hard. You know, I mean, yeah. I had things, I have things now that come up now because I put so many miles in and, you know, and I'm always chasing something and frankly, I'm getting older. So, um, but I don't have, I know you find that hard to believe, Christine, <laughs> but, but I, um, well, that only makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I don't, I, I don't have anything lingering, you know. I, I consider myself lucky. But, yeah, it was 32 when I started. Nice. I, I find it interesting how you immediately jumped into wanting to do marathons. Like, why not start yeah. with a 5K, you know? But you, I think you speak to a lot of the ultra mindset with this, you know, desire to really push yourself to the limits and just, you know, go for the marathon. Not not start out with a five k yeah. or ten k or something like that, and then take it from well, there. It's just it's just luck on how kind of the world works. Sometimes had the conversation with that girl been a ten k, well then maybe it would have been a ten k. But the marathon came to me right when I needed it. You know, yeah, the marathon like life it, it, it teaches me how to stay. Um, in a bad situation for a really long time and then overcome it, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, I'm lucky that that's what I found. I'm lucky that the, the marathon was the first thing I jumped into. And, and it's still, you know, I, I love that distance. I love the marathon distance. Cause you recently, you just ran the LA marathon. Was it a week ago or mm -hmm. two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Last weekend. Yeah. Yeah, last weekend I ran LA. Mm -hmm. And this I I, it's, uh, that's my favorite race. My it... fa I love LA marathon. 
marathon. It's the only time that LA becomes a small town. It's it's mm. the nuts and bolts of this city, and it's fantastic. And now, now just being in the running community so long, it's um it's literally just catching up with friends for twenty six miles. You know, I see tons of people out there, and it and it's it's the only thing that I know of that brings LA together like that. True. Love that race. And I was able to see you on the course, and that was that was pretty nice. You're, it was nice. Yeah. I missed a lot yeah. of people, but I was able to see you kind of. Well, I'm hard to, I'm hard to miss. You are. You are. Yeah. You're, you're very tall. You're hard to miss. You wear a costume or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm six foot one. I have a giant beard. I'm not slight at all you know i'm like i'm like you know big sasquatch running down the road you know oh you know. i always think people are just running from me <laughs> yeah people really did think you were a sasquatch is that him i said no uh, oh no that's just a it's that's just, just a fairy tale it's just doyle so going back real quick when you would see um you know you wouldn't do the marathon and you would see the la times and you were just Mm-hmm. You know, kind of beside yourself, like, oh, I really want to do it. What was it that kind of lured you into that? Was it, what, was it the feeling that you would get from running and seeing all those people do this race that you what want was to be it part of regarding it? Regarding why why I would miss it, or what yeah. did I like about it? Yeah. What did that well, um, stem from? Well, I missed it so much because the 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 accomplishment. You know, I find myself to be an accomplishment mm-hmm. junkie. And mm-hmm. the accomplishment of somebody who is lying on his bed smoking cigarettes to running his first 10 miles, to running his first 12 miles, to, you know, and the buildup for it, like it was an impossible task. Like is when you're training for your first impossible that I was doing this to me and that I finished it. And that sort of buildup to it really gave me something inside that I didn't even know I possessed. And so um, I didn't know I was hooked on, on the running until, like I said, I saw that. I remember I was standing in line at a Starbucks and I looked down and it was the front page of the LA Times with the starting line and everybody waving their hands and stuff and, and just about to have like, you know, a transforming time and a great time um, that included difficulty. And that included overcoming difficulty and that sort of thing. You know, I just felt like, man, I can't believe I missed that. And and, um, so, um, you know, it took a few years after that. But, you know, I kept going into it. I kept, you know, put my toe into it. And, and, you know, so that, yeah, feeling uh, fear of missing out. What is that? The FOMO, they call it? I don't know. Uh, I, I still experience <laughs> that. You know, I, I, I love, yeah. you know, like, I love races that I've run. Like, I, I don't think any run was ever a bad run. I always find it funny when, when people go, oh, I hated that race. Of course, it was horrible. As like, there's no, I, I've never said a run was bad. You know, it's been bad and maybe it wasn't pleasant to look at, but there was, I always feel better afterwards than I did when I started. You know, yeah. So I just absolutely. You know, I like it. That's good. I like that you uh, say you're an accomplishment junkie. 
Um, yeah. And just listening to you talk, so I, I was also 32 for part of the year of 2002. Um, uh-huh. And so just listening to you talk, and I'm also an adult onset runner. Um, mm-hmm. And I can relate to that accomplishment junkie feeling. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what what drove me to do it again. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I ran a, I ran a 5k. Oh, oh my, I can't believe I did that. I mean, I, from doing nothing to doing that, and then you find yourself running a marathon and that sense of accomplishment is, is a huge driver. Yeah. Yeah. And it it has nothing to do with the medal. It's, it's the, it's the Mm -hmm. journey to that race and then getting through that race, the celebration, the marathon, I, I tell the people I mentor, the marathon is a celebration of your training. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not the, uh, it's not the goal. It's, it's to celebrate this lifestyle you've created before it for those six months, you know, and, and to hold on to that, that's, that's almost more important than the race itself. I agree. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's like once you feel it, you just want to have that feeling again. And you see it, you know, I've, I've been mentoring with the Lagers now seven, eight years, something like that. And, um, and you see it, it doesn't happen with everybody. You know, there's, there's, there's your bucket list people that you train that are one and done. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I completely respect that. But then you see it in about, you know, I have a group of about 50 people. You see it in about two a year where it clicks. You know, and they're the ones who start emailing you with questions and they're the ones who want to know about summer runs and they're the ones who are signing up for the races afterwards. You know, there's, there's, they're like us, they're the lunatics. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think Doyle's being a little modest because his group is the largest group in in the Lakers. It is. It's, it's probably more like 80 people. Wow. It's huge. He's very popular. He's very popular, but he's great. You're great. Thank you. Um, so at some point during this running journey, you're doing marathons. Mm-hmm. And the idea somehow pops in your head that you want to go longer than 26.2 miles. Right. Now, how did uh, this come about? Well, um, I'm not fast, right? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. middle pack, back of the pack. You know, not way, you know, not super in the back, but I'm, you know, I'm a five hour marathoner, you know, my best marathon time is 439. That was, um, that's a great time. Thank you. It's probably the worst thing that ever happened to me because I chased it for two years and this is, and this is what happened. And this was the beginning of me discovering ultras because I got a 439 at the, um, Providence, Rhode Island marathon. I don't even know how I did it. It was just one of those days and boom, 439. Whoa. You know, I couldn't believe it. And so then at that point I was only doing marathons and I was knocking down like, you know, my best year was like 10 in one year. So, um, I get this time and then every race I'm strategizing on how to beat that. Mm -hmm. And I've never beaten it. And my times kept getting worse and worse and worse. Sometimes I would get sub five. Sometimes I was like, man, how do I get rid of this extra 20 minutes? How do I do that? And it was just 
I would know in mile five if I could make it or not. And it was blowing my races. I was so in my head because all of a sudden I couldn't achieve this time. And so then I said, well, forget it. I'm not going to run for time anymore. And I had all these races to be signed up for. I had been so used to doing marathons. I wasn't even like laying my clothes out the night before. I would wake up, get dressed, run a marathon, come home and go to work. Like it was like, it was almost routine. So I knew I wouldn't reach this time. And so that made me in my head and I wasn't good enough anymore. Right. And I, it really started to chip away at my running and the pleasure I had for running. Oh, you felt so, really, really defeated. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, what marathoner doesn't think of Boston? You know what? <laughs> right? right? Even, even a five-hour, six-hour marathoner, who doesn't think that one day that, you know, you're going to qualify for Boston. And, you know, you just, you have yeah. all these dreams and then you read Runner's World and how to get your fastest time. And then you follow those things and you get, you know, a time that's 20 minutes over, you know, and you're like, oh boy, it's just not me. And, and, um, I started, um, instead of seeing the similarities I have with all runners, I started seeing the differences I had with all runners. And that's a that's a toxic place to be within a sport, you know. And so I, um, I Jimmy Dean Freeman, the ultra coach, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, he's been a friend for a long time. I I met Jimmy in a karaoke bar in two thousand and let's say three. Didn't even know he was a runner. I, I didn't. He I didn't. He didn't know I was a runner. There was a karaoke uh, setup. Two people were singing that night, Jimmy and me, <laughs> right? Because we're two, two big hams up there hamming it up, singing. And I say over the microphone, this is one of the times where I'm not training. This is between a marathon. And I say in the microphone, I got to get back to marathon training. I need to lose weight again. That's just what I say in the mic. And through that, Jimmy hands me a card saying I, he was just starting his coaching business then because I coach runners. And so then we became a friendship. He coached me through a couple marathons and all right. So long story short, we kind of lose touch for a while and I am at a point um, where I'm not inspired to run. And so I just called him up out of the blue. I said, Jimmy, I have no fear in my running. That, because that's what I felt. Like, I, I, you know that that beautiful mm -hmm. fear you get the night before, where you're like, "Oh God, this race." Mm -hmm. I had none of that. Staying up late, you know, eating, you know, whatever. Oh, it's a marathon. And I called up Jimmy. I said, "Jimmy, I want to put fear back in my running." And he said, "Great, show up. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out." And boy, did he! Uh, because he's. I said, uh, "Let's try to go further instead of faster." And that was the beginning of the, uh, the ultra journey was, it was as simple as that. And I joined, um, the coyotes and I signed up for, uh, Leona divide. Um, what year was that? Christine? 2013. The, 2013 was my first 50 K. Yeah. And, uh, um, it, what was it? It, it was a, a million and six degrees. It, out there. it was very, that was my first, <laughs> that was my first DNF. And oh. I saw, 
I saw you while I was at the medical tent and I was eating a popsicle and suffering from heat exhaustion. And he just kind of comes through. Oh, hey. No, oh, but, that yeah. was a tough day. That it was, was very tough. hot. But, it was very hot. But that's how I started. That's how I got to that race was um, then, then Jimmy started coaching me and helping me. And I, and I um, joined his running club, uh, the, the, the Coyotes. And I started working on um, just going further. And honestly, and, and again, I approached, I, I got into it ignorant and thought, you know, oh, I've run, you know, this handful of marathons now and I've got to go, what is it, five miles further. Why is this an ultra? And, and I found out that day that that is <laughs> they don't they don't call it ultra, you know, for, you know, because it's cute. You know, they hope it ultra because your ass is going to, oh, excuse me, your it's tuchus okay. is going to get kicked. And that's exactly what, what happened that day. It took me nine and a half hours to cross that finish line. But you crossed it. And that it. was, it was, I did cross it. I got I to gotta ride back to the, the finish line. All right. All right. But you're, not, you're the one not being interviewed right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing you, silly. But you're going back to Leona, right? This year? Yes, yes, yes. I've been back every year since. Oh, you have? Yeah, I've been back. I did the 50K in 14. I did the 50 mile in 15. And I'm going to try again to do the 50 mile um, this year. Okay. Now, obviously, there's, you know... There is a natural kind of progression, although you didn't really kind of follow that. You just kind of went into the marathon. But normally people do, you know, start with the 5K, 10K, et cetera. And you started with the 50K. And your ultras, I mean, did did you find that you followed that progression of doing 50K, 50 miler, and then the 100K? And and I I mean, do you think also like, I mean, even though it's not really necessary to follow that, you know, it's quite common. I mean, do you think it's better to do that for somebody to do that? Yeah, I specifically put the brakes on once I hit that 50K in terms of of ramping up the mileage. I said to myself, and although I just said to myself, let's simmer in 50K for a minute. It's really after a hundred miles, there's not many more distances you're going to be looking at. So that's kind of the big kahuna. Yeah. So I knew to, I did, I, I wanted to approach that kind of when I felt ready. So I, I simmered in the 50 K a bit. I, I did the, um, after that I did, um, what was that? Did I do just something in that? No, then I, I did another, I did a couple marathons after Leona and then I went and did, um, Ridgecrest, and I think I did one other 50K. I think I did three 50Ks before I, I went up to the 50 miles in Avalon. Oh, okay. And um, so I did something like that. I, I, I tried to move slow. I didn't want to jump in because I was also seeing people start um, within the, the Coyote running group um, jumping into bigger distances quickly and and having difficulty with that. I knew the mileage was difficult enough before I, and I needed to get experience because again, middle to back of the pack, 
I'm concerned with cutoffs. Yeah. I'm concerned, you know, what, what people don't even th- think about, like folks who are, who are stronger runners than I am, or faster, not necessarily stronger, faster runners than I am. Like I have to think about cutoffs because, you know, I'm, I, I am that guy. I am the guy who c- comes in third from the bottom or the bottom, especially in the ultras, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's better that so, yeah. it's better for that. So, I mean, you get experience, you work out. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. then getting nutrition right and that sort of thing and having that nailed and and failing at that a couple times and failing at that, you know, I, you know, a couple races where I had some nutrition, uh, failure. So, um, I, but I, I learned from that. So you decide to do your first 100 K at Havelina. Now, yeah. what was it that made you choose that particular race? Uh, just friends were doing the 100 miler. And it was hard not to get, get caught up in the hype mm-hmm. of or the excitement of signing up a 100 miler. I had people going out. I had good, we're, we're going out as a group, um, some friends. And... Um, uh, they were all doing the 100 miler and they were all signing up at the same time. I guess the registration opens like in the January before, mm-hmm. you know, that November of that year. And everybody signed up for the 100 miler. And I just, I pulled the plug on the, on the 100K because I just knew I wasn't ready. It's hard. That's the hardest thing. Ego is the hardest thing mm-hmm. with, with running or probably in life, you know, where I see it manifest a lot is in my running like i i need need to be something that i'm not sometimes and and coming to terms with that could be um something as as kooky as signing up for 100k instead of a 100 miler you know knowing knowing that my ego wanted to do the 100 miler but knowing what i what i could do comfortably and learn from and give myself another year to go back and do the hundred miler because I like to, to do that sort of planning was hard with this. But then when you do it, then you're on the last lap of the hundred K boy, oh boy, are you happy? And how many, laps, that you, how many laps what? do you have in hundred K? How many laps? Yeah. Laps of the course you have, um, four laps as opposed to, um, six, laps and then a, I think it's a seventh lap that's shorter that you do the, the course change is changing yeah. this year there's a different course this year okay so now we're getting into let's get into the nitty-gritty of Havelina because we're we're all doing it <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. signed up Angela and Melissa have not quite signed up yet mm-hmm. but but we're all doing it um mm-hmm. so let's let's get into uh I get was was choosing Havelina for your first hundred. Was that the same along? You know, was it along the same lines as everybody else was doing it? Is that why you did this one, or what was it that you really liked about it that you decided I'm going to do this one as the hundred miler next year? As a um, as a race, you're not going to find too many better examples of how great the ultra community is, because the 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 sense of community and the fact that you hit aid stations 
and people, it's easy for spectators to be at the aid station and they're easy to get to and people camp at the aid stations and stuff. So it creates this party type environment and the, and the support of the volunteers and how it's organized. It's just, I mean, it's a five star race and it's, um, it, I had such a blast and so much fun and, 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 um, to see the accomplishment of people and you, you hang out by the finish line. I mean, it, it's, it's five stars, you know, you don't, I mean, to, to see the, you know, humans overcome and, and, and get through of all ages and sizes and what have you. So I knew it was one, it was set up for great support. Um, I could have a great team there and the coyotes have a, a nice little area that they, um, that they have where, you know, your, your crew kind of hangs out. And so that's why I knew I, I, I would go back and then, you know, I know a bunch of runners going already. And so I knew I, I could ask people to pace me that I, that I knew. Cause it's hard to ask somebody, you know, just out of the blue to go to Arizona to run a, you know, can you do a couple, you know, 30 miles with me in the dark? You know, that's, that's a tough, you know, and spit, you know, get a hotel and hang out there for a few days, you know, while you see me once every like five hours, you know, it's, it's a little selfish, but when you know somebody's going to be there and stuff, I, I was able to piggyback on some people just going and supporting. And, and, um, I was able to have some really great, uh, um, not only crew, but uh, uh, some great pacers, or two great pacers. Now, because you did the 100K the year before, you're familiar with the course, you're familiar with the terrain. How did that, um, like, how did that impact your training for the 100 miler? Like, did you do everything similar to how you trained for the 100K? Or what was the difference on how you trained for 100 miles? Uh, just volume was really the difference. It doesn't really look that different from a 50 mile training program, you know, but my weekly mileage went up a lot. My weekly mile, like say I would run like my weekly run, like I'll do a couple, three, four milers that went up to like five, six, seven miles a couple times a week, including like long runs. Now I'd already, and then back to backs, on weekends mm -hmm. and then the only thing that was different on the long runs is that i did a back-to-back -back 30 uh uh you know about a month out before javelina and and there's um there's a great little uh a loop out here in um uh, uh um the santa monica mountains uh it's called the sullivan trail the sullivan loop that goes up on sullivan ridge and stuff and that is very similar to kind of what you're dealing with at, uh, at Havelina. So I did 30 miles looping that uh, for two days in a row with a, a girl who I trained with, this girl named Tamara, um, who I trained with. And we went out, and, that, and those were like really, and I was hoping, you know, for heat, and I got it because that's also yeah. a factor at, at Havelina. And, um, you know, it was two full eight-hour days of running. And you only did that once, one weekend? The 30-30, yeah. yeah. I did, you know, it would build up. I did a 20-20 and um, some other distances like that. I, I ran my last, like I did the Long Beach Marathon. That was my last long run. That, that was um, for uh, Havilene. 
you know? Um, but it was just a lot of volume. It was, it felt like I was only sleeping and running. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I, it, I mean, that's not what I was doing, but that's what it felt like, you know? And, and, but it, it um, like my cross training even kind of went out because I needed just to be running. Did you do any strength training at all or no? Just run? No. Not during the, the hundred mile training. I really wanted to get to it. It'd be like, oh, I need to get to swimming or something, but I just, I needed to get yet another run in. So my strength training was harder trail runs and, and, and doing, you know, some harder climbs. That was sort of my strength training. I wish I had been better at um, a couple things. Like me going back, there's some things I'll fix this year going back. Like I, the, the things I think um, I can do better. That's what, I was just going to ask you that. Like I was going to ask, like how would you – is there something that you would change about how you trained last year to how you're going to approach this year's race Like as far as Yeah, there's, there's a couple things. Um, training – Running wise, not much different. I think I nailed and showed up for a lot of the running training, but it, it's like I was just saying, it was the cross training I didn't show up for. I've been doing lately, the past couple months, a lot of hot yoga, oh. and um, I—I'll uh, tell you what, it's—it's it's great. I did when I did the LA Marathon. I had also done Sean O'Brien 50k the week before. I did those two weekends in a row. And both of those were kind of relatively warm days, like a warm California winter day. Like mm-hmm. they got up there. The, the, the heat training with doing the hot yoga was really beneficial. But, but sort of the core work and the hip work that you do in yoga, I, I feel a difference in now. I think that would have made a difference having some back strength and arm strength at the end of Havelina could have made a difference um, just in terms of because of you being upright so long you know 29 hours and 36 minutes it took me and you know I mean I felt it I felt it in my biceps I felt like the things where I feel I could have been stronger were with some upper body and core and stuff yeah I actually that's where I felt I felt that too. I, I ran. And then, and then Lister, I'm, I'm prone. Um, sorry, it was cutting out for a minute. I was just going to say, I felt, oh. I felt that too. Um, I ran 24 hours at across the years, another Aravipa race. And I felt that uh, mm-hmm. unexpected tiredness in my upper body. And like, even my wrists hurt the next day. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea why. <laughs> Maybe I was just holding my body yeah. wrong. But yeah, that yeah. that's a difference. In- well, I mean, you think about it. it. I mean, it takes muscles to be upright. You right. Know? And, and you really, you need like, the, it's the things you don't think about. It's these little details. And it only takes going through the race to figure that out. Right. Because otherwise, you know? you're, mean, never, people, you're never, you're never up. People tell you a million things. Yeah. Right. People tell you a million things of what you need to get ready for. And you really just have to pick and choose. And, and at some point just say, I got to go to the starting line. I'm as good as I'm going to be. And I'm going to find out much like marathoning or any race or any other distance you haven't done before. You know, mm-hmm. you have to just, you know, get to the starting line and then experience is what speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. 
It's true. I think if anything in life, you never learn, you know, until you touch the stove that it's hot. <laughs> People could say it so they're blue in the face, but you really do have to touch it. Yeah. Um, so do you consider like your training now as all part of Havelina training or do you you go into it like, well, I'm doing races now. I'm doing some training here, but I'm really not going to focus until like June. Yeah, I, I'm kind of starting to focus. Last year, I was already focused at this time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's all part of it now. Yeah. Now it's like, you know, it's it's a succession of races like Leona divide. 50 miler mm -hmm. then i may try to hit mount just i'm going to try to do the things mm -hmm. i did last year i hit mount disappointment 50k i did the bulldog 50k second favorite race love that race the bulldog 50k and then i'll probably do um um long beach marathon again and the reason i like those for javelina is because they're all blistering hot the temperatures <laughs> through you know and and, and, you, <laughs> and because you have I, you have to, you got to embrace the heat, you know, you got to learn mm -hmm. to embrace it and, and make sure that you're doing the right things, not just a mental attitude, but there's like, there's, you know, things you need to do to combat heat with hydration and salt and, and endurance drinks and food and all that stuff, you know, and it, and it changes when you're, now I've been lucky with two years at Havelina, I got two good weather years. Now it wasn't to say that it wasn't hot. Uh, the 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 Sunday the second day of the hundred miler was was hot and and I really felt that the second day he got me mm. um, but uh, the uh, but it's good to you know and it's good to get acclimated to the heat I mean the fact of the matter is you know for for at least me and Christina we train for races in Southern California heat mm. is just part of the equation always. You know, we just ran a hot February marathon. So heat's yeah. always a part of it. So instead of obsessing, will it be hot? Just assume it's always hot, you know, and just go into every race. And if you happen to get a good day, then, you know, thank uh, whoever and uh, have at it. How is Mount Disappointment? I was actually eyeing that one. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, is, it, is the, it is so brutal. I can't even tell you how tough that race was. I was having a great day in that race, right? Jog, you know, running along. I, I ran it with a, a friend. Great, great, great race. And you get to marathon distance. And then you only have, what, the, the five miles left? Mm -hmm. It's straight up Mount Wilson. I mean, it took me – I don't know what it took me. It took me like two or three hours. Like, I couldn't – it was like walking – I don't know, like with moon boots on. I, it was so steep and so hard. I, I, it took me so long, and it made me so angry. It, it was unbelievably hard, and that's the reason I'm going back because it was, it was, so, it was so shocking. People always go, oh, at the end, it's really hard. And you hear that, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you to it and it's like you just want to cry it's so bad it's so bad and difficult on how hard it is to get up mount wilson and um uh <laughs> so i'm and, and it doesn't even stop like they make you climb a hill to get to the finish line it's like there's it's just no oh it's no rhyme or reason 
But that being said, I'll go back because it's tough. Like, I don't want easy. You know, I like I, – now I know where that hill is and i'll go and i'll hit it a few times you know and 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 get to know the nooks and crannies and get to like i love mental game i love having every nuance prepared as far as it's 0.5 miles to the next flat area or that sort of stuff like i write that stuff down and kind of carry it with me sometimes sometimes i use it obsessively sometimes i don't use it at all in a race you know, but I, I love knowing that stuff because the more I think out there, the worse my day gets. <laughs> That's a good point. My, my I think. Is, is the, uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, Scott Jurek uh, has that great thing, and I'm sure he got it from somewhere else in his book that he says, you know, ultra running or, or I'd like to say endurance running, marathons too, is 90% mental and the other 10% in your head. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and the more I could take out of my um, my mental aspect of it, the more I could prepare, you know, the better the better the day can be. You know, that's that's, you know, this past Sean O'Brien, the 50K um, was an unbelievably difficult day for me, you know, because and this is why it wasn't that I wasn't um, physically ready for it. But her cutoffs, I signed up for the 50 miler. Her cutoffs were too fast for me. So I, I knew before going in, I was going to have to drop down to the 50K. So boom, right there, my head is out. Mm. And it, it makes no sense, but it does. It's already like I'm doing the lesser race, mm. which is ridiculous, mm -hmm. but that's my inner dialogue going into it. And so then as I'm having a difficult day physically, like something was just off that day. And then the entire race just plows by me. Mm. It, it was a horrible day. It took me nine and another nine and a half hour day out there. Now it felt good to finish. And I learned a lot from that day. I learned just how much again, like all of a sudden I have to be like, who cares really in the world that I dropped down to a 50 K no one. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. No no one but in my head it's like this atom bomb went off so it's really it means nothing it's my ego right and, and so it, it, had i been able to reason through that before the race you know but it, it's um but it's a good lesson i'm grateful that i have at least enough inside of me to to look at that and i find the more honest i am with other runners about it the the better I become at, at, at coaching and stuff. If I, if I expose, um, and, and, and Jimmy Friedman's the master at this, but if you expose more of your weaknesses than your strengths to other runners, there's an immediate camaraderie there, you know? So how did you guard against the heat in Javelina? You just dealt with it or did you Deal with it. Well, I mean, I did those hot races. I did disappointment, and then I did um, bulldog. I didn't do any of the sauna training and stuff. Now, the, the hot yoga is, is a great heat training, but that's not what I did last year. And so, and then every like, and I would go out. We had that real hot summer last year here, mm -hmm. and I would go out and do trail runs, and I would start at noon, mm -hmm. and I would just I would just find Ooh. the hottest time of day to go. And, and go and not shy away from going because of yeah. the heat. Most of my weekly runs, I would start later in the day. I wouldn't wake up, you know, for the morning and, and do it when it was cooler out. 
I would wait, you know, till later. And so, um, and that's what I did. And again, we didn't get hit too bad, but you know, I, I got through it and then you just got to watch, you got to make sure that your salt and your, your, um, your electrolyte drink or what have you, that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, Jimmy told me, um, part of my coaching for this, that it, what he said to me, he said, the, a marathon, a 50 K and a 50 miler are generally a one problem race. You get your one problem, something goes south, hmm. you figure out a solution, and you plow through. A 100-miler is a four-problem race hmm. that you're going to have to get through it and reassess. And he says, and, it was, and none of these problems are linear. I could, just because I felt bad at 35 didn't mean I felt bad at 85. You know, like nothing was really linear in how my body was responding and, and, um, to that day. I, I was lucky. I, I, think, um, I think mentally I kind of checked out towards the end, just exhaustion and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the things I would change this year, you know, not only that, not only um, sort of my heat training and stuff, but like I have to – and, I, and, I, and I've been toying with this at um, Sean O'Brien, and I toyed with it in the L.A. Marathon. Sometimes it hurts the same to run than to walk. It, like it, they're, they're mm-hmm. equal, it's equal pain, right? Mm-hmm. Equal mm-hmm. pain. But my mind, it, it, often I'll give in to the walk. Yeah. Um, I'm working on not giving in to that. Yeah. And that's, that's where I gave into that really. I think I could, I, I had one, I walked a good, you know, 10, 15 miles, um, toward within, uh, that towards the end of Havelina. And at once I knew I wasn't, I wasn't, I was going to make the cutoff at the end. I kind of just dragged my ass in there a little bit because I was really out of energy. But like this year, I wonder if I could push through that. You know, I wonder if, you know, um, if I keep my heart rate low and get to a slow jog, I wonder how long I can sustain that. Yeah. You ran it. Go ahead. No, that's it. Well, you said you ran out of energy. Was that, I mean, mean, how did your fueling go? Is that why? Or My fueling was good. I, I just had had, like, there's a section of the course at Havelina that's very rocky, right? And you how don't, rocky? Like you, how rocky? Are we talking? Like rocky, <laughs> this was rocky, my question. Rocky. Yeah, we want to know like what's the, what's the course like? What is the, yes, what is this course terrain? Well, here's what the course is like. The first loop, it's a dream. You don't even feel these rocks, right? I I did like the first loop in like three hours or something, or three and a half hours, pushing four hours, and you don't even feel this rocky section, or as I called it later on in the race, Rock City. But you don't, you didn't even feel it. But yeah, as the fatigue goes on, and as you, as as you know, really these molehills become mountains. Um, this rocky area was a real, real. Um, it took my mental game out. It took. I I got really angry at the rocks, which is silly. It's silly, but it was a five. It's a five mile stretch to where your footing is just off. 
all the time because of these rocks. I mean, you got to hike through it. At least somebody like me has got to hike through it. But even hiking can be difficult with these rocks. And you just, when your feet are tired, it feels pretty rough on the bottom of your feet. Like these things, like, you know, even with hokas, it, it, felt, uh, it felt pretty tough on me. This is making me Out, nervous. Outside of that. I don't like rocks. Well, yeah. Are they well, like, are they loose rocks? <laughs> are they large rocks? Are they like? Like I said earlier, they don't call it ultra because it's pleasant. <laughs> yeah. I've had some really catastrophic falls on rocks, so this um yeah, this well, makes I'm me an nervous. ankle turner. I turn my yeah, right ankle too. often. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Me three. Yeah. Yeah, and I've sprained it a couple times, and it's it's and then and then that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing that plays into like fear on the trail. Once I t- it takes like six months. Like the ankle recovers in three or four weeks, and then it takes six months to get out of the fear that every rock is going to, you know, trip me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still have and that fear. I, yeah, and then you get out of the fear, and then some rocks trips you, and then you're right back at it again. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, wait, how many times are you going over this, these rocks? It's on every, every loop. loop, right? It's like yeah, I mean, I don't know times. what it is. Oh. Yeah, it's on the. Um, you're going clockwise. It's on the first side, but um, okay. it but just then, as it, 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 it's like it's not like rocky where like they're big boulders. It's just a million, you know, fist size rock. Oh god! Oh, see, everybody yeah. tells me. Other people have told me, oh, it's an easy course. The terrain is not difficult, but yeah. like there are people. I mean, there are races around here that. I would never do because I know what the course is like and I've been on those trails and like, it's fine. I don't mind training on them. I like training on them, but I don't want to race them because I know I can't run fast on them. And so it's just hard to tell because other, everybody has kind of a different threshold, you know, of what they think is technical and what they think is easy or whatever. So I don't know. It's hard to say, but like five miles of rocks and you're hitting that five mm. times or six times that's like <laughs> you're well, pushing 25 30 miles of this mm-hmm. that's a lot well, here's the thing some people some people plow through that like there's not even rocks there i'm just saying my experience i can't speak to what your experience will be on it there it sounds like my however, experience would be like yours i'm gonna be hiking that section <laughs> however well and maybe that's good though yeah well however well yeah you're gonna have to hike it but however like i tell the people i train there's no such thing as an easy marathon. No such thing. I don't care if it's the flattest course on planet Earth. It's still yeah. 26 miles. Yeah. And even though I've run one, I would venture to say there's no such thing as an easy 100-miler. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, so there's going, there's going to be, you know, challenges. And, and you know, if the, the course is a challenge and that's something that concerns you, you know, I would all, you know, there's, there's, there's options on, uh, achievement levels at this race. You know what I mean? Like I would never talk anybody out of anything, but I would say, Hey, if well, something you, you know, well, I would, no, no, I would never try to talk anybody out of okay. something. I would just try to make you aware of the concerns, okay. Yeah, you know, that sort of, yeah. 
No, it's good to know because I've talked to other people that are like, oh, it's no problem. It's super easy. It's not technical at all. There's no rocks on this course. <laughs> and then, like other and people they, say. I heard that too. Yeah. Did, did, would those people run the race? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's good. I mean, to some folks, you know, I see it's, runners go through there like there's nothing there. Yeah. You know, just saying it's me. Now, you know, anything, you know, you, you can hit a patch of cotton and, and, and mattresses with, you know, 80 miles on your legs, it's going to, it's going to be, you're going to be like, oh, those fucking mattresses. Oh, excuse me. Oh, oh, those, oh, those mattresses are horrible. Yeah. Well, that is, you know, did you yeah. deal with like extreme fatigue or they call it sleep monsters or something? Because this was my problem. I just ran a, a 24 hour race and after about 88 miles, I mean, I just felt like a zombie. And my only thought was, you know, thank God this course is flat and not technical because I can't control my body. Like if I were having to figure out where to put my feet and go over a rocky section, I don't know if I'd be able to do this. I just like I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was just tripping all over the place. So I don't know. Did you deal with any of this sleep problems or how did you deal with that? Well, no, I didn't deal with the sleep problems. I'm lucky in the sense that, that my what I do for a living playing music is, is a late night sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But my other passion happens to be a very early morning thing, running, right? So um, I don't, on the weekends especially, like week, some of the weekday runs I'll skip because I need some rest. But if I work late on a Friday night and there's a run on Saturday morning, I will do the, the you know, two hours sleep and go and do the run regardless of the distance. So that helped me yeah, a lot because I've done a lot of runs wiped out. And after I read the Jurek book, when he said there's a reserve of energy past exhaustion, mm. I never looked back as far as like skipping runs on weekends because of, uh, because of sleep. Mm-hmm. So that helped me. So I sort of trained for exhaustion. What got me was um, I was just super grouchy. Like I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk to my pacer anymore. Like not, you know, because he's just like, hey, how's it doing? And like I can only get out yes and no's, yeah. you know, as I'm just seething in my head. I'm just like stupid rocks, you know. <laughs> this is dumb. This is so dumb. This know? is dumb. Yeah, I just, that, yeah, those were my exact words at mile 97 <laughs> to Rob. I said, this is stupid. This is so stupid. Yeah. I only That's, have three stupid that, miles that left. Was, beautiful sunrise in the morning, and I'm just going, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> These people are stupid, you know? And, and, but yeah, but sometimes that's just a matter of a, a, a goo or a shop block away, you know? You're, you're, one thing I, I read somewhere in Summer Run magazine was um, that your brain only works on current sugars. Yeah. Like it doesn't work off of fat. That's so sometimes when I get in that area, you don't know it till you're about like five or ten minutes in. But once you're in there, sometimes a goo will snap you right out of it. And, and that's and I, I was able to snap out of it a little bit. I just really wanted to sit down. I really wanted to sit down because I, I refused to sit. Um, I had to have some blisters lanced. That was the only time I sat um, and, and kind of taken care of at a medical tent. I blister bad mm-hmm. on my feet. You know, I don't in road races, but on trail races I do. I'm going to try um, switching shoes this year too, having a couple different 
pairs of shoes. Did you have different pairs? Did you take more than like, you didn't just run in one pair during the whole race, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh. I figured people have been running these races for decades in, in one pair of shoes. Why, you know, this is what, this is yeah. like how I think. Like, why am I going to be the guy that switched shoes? Well, it probably could have done me a lot of good. But had I been not, you know, not been so thick over it, being like, I, I'm different. I don't need to change my shoes. But, you know, you sh I think now looking back and, and, and this year coming up, I'll try to change my shoes. You know, but then again, it's like I don't want to stay in the aid station. I don't. I want to get back out there as quick as possible. Yeah. yeah. The aid stations are just a, are, are are fantasy. I'm like, oh, if I could only stay here, I just, I, I gotta, <laughs> I'm very, um, I'm good about that. I do not, I do not, um, dawdle at aid stations. I try to get out in two minutes. Even at the, uh, the jackass yeah. junction. Yeah. I they try to get out very out. quickly. Don't they and, kick and, you out? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. The yeah, guy I mean, that says it's not the fucking holiday inn. <laughs> No, it's not the right. holiday inn. But you know, I tried to get out of it. Yeah. Well, I tried to I try to get out of there. So if I do have an issue, if I have to do a ten minute aid station, then I'm you know, then I'm okay with it. Like I built some time up. You know, like because I had to sit with a medic to work on my feet. Mm -hmm. And that took some time. So what did you eat? Like what was what was your what was your feeling like? Um, I, um, you know, my standard goose, I ate, um, mm -hmm. you know, I do the, the, the salted ca caramel, um, goo, uh, uh, tailwind. Um, and then I find with tailwind too, like sometimes I don't get even then enough salt. Mm -hmm. Um, the, you know, tailwind advertises itself as it can do, you don't even have to eat. Well, I, I don't think they're talking to me who's out there for 29 hours and 36 minutes. You know, I think you don't yeah. have to eat if maybe you're knocking that down much quicker. Mm -hmm. So for me, like now, like I was getting a lot of headaches. I'd stopped using salt pills with Tailwind. And because, uh, you know, I read what they said and I stopped using salt pills. And then I was starting to get headaches and nausea. Um, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I took a salt pill and everything went away. So, so now I supplement, um, that, and then, uh, I ate, I just, and then, so that's my, what I carry in my pack with me and then aid stations, real food every time, no yeah. matter what, if, you know, if I've run, if I hit an aid station at one mile, real food. So, uh, I do, I, I do, um, the peanut butter sandwiches, a quarter oh, yeah. of a peanut butter sandwich every time, every time, every time, every time. And then this particular time, they put out pizza like super late at night, and um, mm -hmm. I had a, I had a couple slices of pizza. I probably should have only had one. Like that was another thing. I felt full. I had two slices. I wish I had had one now, but it tasted so good. Um, <laughs> and, but I had pizza, and man, I just I came right to life. It was just great. I just I bounced right back. Um, it was just a lot of calories at once, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And so, I, you know, a lot of real food and then, um, you know, the, the sugary stuff. And then I had the, and I, I should have pushed my caffeine. I, I started my caffeine too early. Mm. All right. I should have, you got to like, wait, you got to wait to pull that trigger. Like how early did you start it? I think it started it when it got dark. I should have pushed it 
you know, to maybe like midnight or something. Because once you start caffeine, you can't stop. You got to keep caffeining until the end. Mm. For me, I don't know about, you know, anybody else, but that's how it's got to work for me. So I wish I had, because the first effect when you don't have caffeine and then you hit it, it'll, it'll power you through a lap or at least a half a lap or something. It'll give you a kick. Now I could have used that a little later. I think I could have pushed a little bit longer. So it's really like, it's all like fine tuning now for this year. And, you know, maybe a little strength training. I don't know. I mean, yoga kind of provides that some strength training. What is the tent situation yeah, like? Um, you'll never be in it if you're running the race. Well. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> you know, you'll you, get a, I mean, you sleep in it like right before the race, right? The night before does everybody sleep? I got a hotel. I get, I get a hotel. I get a, um, a hotel. I don't, I don't want to hear people around me. Like I want to be able to put my stuff out, have my shower, eat my pasta, watch television, go to bed, you know, and I, I don't want to hear the, the tent next to me, you know, you know, the guy who's crewing who doesn't have to run that, it, you know, it's beer time for him. Like, I don't want to, you know, I think I don't want to hear that. So I, I, I got, I get a tent and that's for my crew and they could go in there and nap and sleep. And I never saw the inside of the tent I got this year. Oh, so you can get a tent for your crew, but then you can just stay in the hotel. Yeah. Oh, so no. Oh, okay. I kept thinking like everybody like did the race that slept in the tent. I mean, a lot of people do that. There's a lot of people that sleep there and stuff, but that's just not me. You know, I, then, if, then if I don't have a good night's sleep and I go to the starting line, then already something's off in my head, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, I, again, I want to eliminate every factor that I can control. I cannot control the distance. Um, I cannot control the weather, you know, I can control the nutrition I put in can't control my um attitude you know that kind of stuff but the the other factors that i have no control over and stuff i I try i try to eliminate as much as i can control i try to eliminate stressors and did you see any javelinas on the course (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's it's funny it's like a dream the whole race now like i don't remember like like sort of like my mind like a bad car accident my mind only remembers like right before the accident uh so um uh no i didn't see javelinas i think i saw some sna- i think i saw a snake i think awesome. i hallucinated a little bit too i think i saw not like a hallucination you know you know, I, I, I've hallucinated, I've self-hallucinated quite a bit in my time. I don't have to go into details. I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm not an angel. I am not an angel. It's, you know, let's say I put myself in precarious situations a lot. And so I hallucinated out there in terms of, I think I saw something, you know, like, like a table in the middle of the desert. I'm like, why is there a table there? That kind of thing. <laughs> you know, they, and then, like, like seven miles down the road, being like, "Oh, there wasn't a table there." Like, I, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, there was a table. There was pizza on it. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the pizza was so. Good. It was good. Oh, it was, it was my good. favorite. 
They had those at you... the the Freak Brothers pizzas. Was that they they had those at across the years? But that was the yeah. only thing they had that wasn't veganized. So I didn't eat any of that. I don't eat um, dairy. So, but they had a, like amazing right. food. Right. Otherwise, that's one of the well, reasons why I a, love. They had a cheese. What was that? Yeah, yeah. I think they had like a cheeseless number there too this year i don't think they did it across the years across the years they had a ton of amazing food like it was the best i've ever eaten in an ultra so i really like their races for that reason Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's a great 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 race no doubt about it but it's a great race that you know if you run it the great part is that it's difficult you know, all distances are difficult, you know, and there's no, I do not, for me, what I, you know, even now, and, 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 and okay, Leona Devine, I'm sorry, Sean O'Brien uh, also humbled me in terms of now, you know, oh, Mr. 100 Miler, 50K, today's going to be an easy race, kicked my ass. And I was happy it kicked my ass because I wanted to come back down to earth and realize what I'm doing is difficult on every level at every distance. And so I was, I was grateful for that. And it, it made me come down to earth for the LA Marathon. And I had a strong, strong day at LA Marathon, not in terms of time, but just how I felt, energy management, nutrition, water, you know, crossing the finish line, feeling strong. Mm-hmm. So, so Jim, you said earlier you you referred to the hundred miler as the big Kahuna, and, mm-hmm. and so you ran your first hundred miler, and and you had that sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. How did you feel afterwards? I mean, I, I you felt accomplished and all of that, but did you did you feel like now what? Yeah, I I get that sort of um, post marathon or or race blues, you know. Oh, I'll yeah. get that. Uh-huh. You know, and and then and then a hundred miler, yeah, because it was like it was everything was geared towards that. Every conversation, every everything was geared towards that race for a whole year. And um. So yeah, it took a couple, it took a, you know, there was the week, the, the week, the feeding afterwards where I just sat on the couch and ate pizza <laughs> and, and stared at my television. And then, yes. uh, and then I realized, well, I gotta, I got some things to show up for. I gotta see. And it took a while before my system felt good running. Like I'd go out and be exhausted. Like it really racked me feeling good afterwards. You know, it took a while before any run felt good because it was, I would just be blown out very quickly on, on an easy three miler, four miler, you know, I, my, my system just wasn't, my system was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We just had a real thing here, mister. You need to slow down. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't be going out another hundred miles yet. <laughs> yeah. And so, um. I think it is it's traumatic for the body like i know i'm at a race but those do my does my, my quad muscles know i know they're just like holy shit he's being tortured you know <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is emergency you know so uh, uh, that's funny. so there was a lot of healing and then um 
you know, we're, and I'm just starting to feel good again and starting to feel good. I even think if, at Sean O'Brien, there was even some lingering there that, uh, that I felt, you know, um, so now I'm, I feel pretty good now. You know, I'm looking forward to, um, uh, uh, Leonardo divide. Well, I'll be there. What's the, What's the one thing that you absolutely were not prepared for at Havelina? You know, we read a lot of stuff and we hear other racers reports and we go, okay, we know we got to eat. We got to drink. We got to whatever. What is the one thing that you were like, well, shit, I didn't expect that. Hmm. That's a good question. That's a good, that's a good one. I, you know, I don't know. Um, what was I not prepared for at Havelina? I don't I mean, just the, um, I mean, essentially the stuff I hadn't experienced, you know, running through a second sunrise, um, mm-hmm. you know, thir- you know, 25, a marathon to go and you have nothing left, mm-hmm. you know, that's the stuff that I, I had never, I couldn't have been prepared for. And the fact that your body keeps going, it's, it's pretty pretty amazing it's it's an amazing machine you know that that just keeps going you know and, and um yeah so that's the stuff i guess i wasn't prepared for I, I i really i really um tried to be as prepared as i could be and asked a lot of questions but that that's the stuff and then the um the feeling at the finish line was you know i cried it really uh because you don't because it's it's it felt traumatic to really be out there for, for so long when you were so unhappy mm-hmm. and the only thing you thought about was finishing <laughs> right and that's all i thought about i'd like to change that i'd like to be able to be in mile 85 and say okay 15 left we're chugging along you're 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 fatigued but here's where you're at sort of like how i am with a marathon now I, I would yeah. love to get to that that place at all, or at least be able to manage my miles a little bit better. I couldn't manage because I just didn't know. I had no experience of it, you know. So that's the um, uh, the, the experience thing is going to make these m- much more interesting. Um, what is something that you discovered um, like through these, you know? ultras and running that you know what is something you discovered about yourself or or ultra running that you didn't know prior to doing them i I mean what i discover about myself i I, I, um it's it's hard to say in a sentence it becomes so not to sound too californian but it becomes so cosmic where the effort takes over. There's a part in a race where the effort doesn't allow you to think anymore, where any problem in your life goes away because the effort is so difficult. And that I always say is a poor man's way to meditation. (laughs) You know, I clear my head with the effort and I become a human at peace. And for somebody who really um, is an overthinker 
and a worrier <laughs> and with, you know, all the things that, that, you know, I find the more I talk to people, all that, that all kind of human beings go through, you know, and, and future thinking and beating yourself up over the past and all these things. There's a moment in these races and then it'll stay there where it goes away. It happens every time. Oh. And that is, I think what I've either learned or why I keep going back because I find, um, I find peace of mind out there unlike anywhere else. And I try to bring, and then, and to know like the life lesson there is like through again, through adversity comes all this peace, right? So what is bad and what is good? I don't know because you know, some of the, the most Horrible things in my life are the things I've learned the most from. And these races are like little microcosms of lifetimes. And, and there's a beginning, middle, and end. And um, the effort really, it, it, it kind of it clears me. You know? and, and I realize that it all, um, and the effort brings it down to the moment. In the moment that I'm in, there's no more moment alive than when I'm really struggling and really... Um, in that zone, you know, and because it's all I'm thinking about is that second. And within those seconds, no external problems exist. So that's, that's kind of what I learned and maybe why I keep going back and try to go longer. Maybe I, I don't know, but I know I do get that from, from running and races. Absolutely. That's very that profound. Wonderful. Yes, it is. You guys, we could probably talk for hours, but we're pushing very close to our limit of what we can put we, in the podcast. We are, so we are going to have to wrap it up, I think. Um, does anybody yes. have any well, final I, I thoughts? I thank you guys very much. Well, we thank you thank again you. For, yeah. for joining us, you know, and, and I'm sure at some point we'd have, you know, would love to have you on again and see how your training is going for for Havelina. Sure. Yeah. Anytime. And I, I hope I said something that, that at least helps somebody along the way. And, and I'm very grateful that you guys asked me to do this. Oh, oh thank, thank you so you. much. And I'm looking forward yeah, to thanks, meeting you at Havelina. Thanks for chatting with us. Yeah. Well, come up and introduce yourself and we're, we're going to have a great time out, out there. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much, Jim. You're very welcome. And thank you guys. Well, uh, Do I just hang up now? Wait. <laughs> We're going to say goodbye. <laughs> Go on. That's definitely good. No, we're going to chat with you for a while still. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll say thanks to our listeners, um, and we'll be back next time.